Retro Rebel Gamecast, episode 11, is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash toddcast. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, or MP3 player. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, the show where we discuss retro gaming and related topics for your listening pleasure. I am Stacy. Retro Rebel is released every week, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or Stitcher. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter by using the handle at Temple of Geek. Joining me this morning is Amanda. How are you doing this morning? Good. Great. Feeling good. good. It's not morning over here. It's like oh, that's very true. dark. <laughs> well, it's almost not here, so <laughs> uh, so uh, so. Whenever you're listening to this, things are going well. Uh, anything anything exciting happening in your neck of the woods? Um, not much. I've I don't know if you know that I play uh, Clash of Kings on mobile quite right. religiously. I did but, not. Um, well, re- I say recently they have a feature called uh, Dragon Campaign. It's basically it's an MMO. A castle building game um, on mobile. It's free to play, but they have you know microtransactions as most of these things do. Um, but I I recently changed guilds, and they have this thing called Dragon Campaign, where two different servers fight each other. Now I don't care much for this uh, as a general rule because uh, whenever your soldiers die, they go into a tower of exile, and you can't access them um, unless you make enough donations, and it's just a pain in the ass, and you lose a lot of your rank and I just don't like it. But there's no way to opt out of this. So you pretty much have to put up a peace shield for a full 24 hours, which costs a thousand gold, which is a lot, (laughs) by the way. Um, That's like, you know, if you bought the gold, it'd be like, I don't know, 50 cents or whatever. But it happens like every, every other week. So you have to put up a shield for 24 hours and you can't do anything because if you go out, they'll murderate you and then you'll have to get your soldiers out. Well, recently, the, our own server has been attacking castles that forget to put up their shield in time in order to not give the points to the enemy. Now, I get it. Uh, but this morning, I slept in a little later than I intended to. Uh, about 30 minutes before the thing began, um, I was completely obliterated uh, before <laughs> I could even wake up or put my peace shield on or anything. And they obliterated me to the point that my hospitals are full. I can't even get these uh these the troops healed because i can't go collect resources otherwise my little troops that are left will get killed and i'm just like this is a horrible experience they should have an (laughs) opt-out button so if anybody from clash of kings is listening i want an opt-out button of this stupid kingdom conquest i don't want to play it (laughs) (laughs) well i have not played clash of kings but i will let my son know that you are on and uh, maybe y'all can battle each other i don't know how that works on that game so (laughs) Well, it's, it's totally possible uh, during, well, it depends, you know, what kingdom you're, you're in. Uh, but uh, I imagine most people in the West are, are kind of in the same kingdom. Uh, there's a lot of Chinese. They're, they're very evil. They're very evil. <laughs> but I've got, I've got a level 23 castle, so you can come at me, nice. bro. <laughs> I, will, uh, I, I have no idea what that means. I assume it is good. It's decent. It's decent. Okay. After level well, 30, you go into prestige. So I think the highest guy is like prestige six or something. So, oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, interestingly, uh, you were talking about a mobile mobile game, and I too am playing one. Uh, the one I I just downloaded was called A Normal Lost Phone. Have you heard of this? A Normal Lost Phone. Yeah. My husband needs to download that. He lost his phone on Friday. Oh God! If you lose it, then you kind of lose the the game as well. The point. <laughs> this this. But if you play the game. Maybe he will not lose his phone. Uh, the game is basic. The premise is you found a phone. It is one of those phones that's like a, a prepaid phone. Mm-hmm. And so the game is entirely set inside of a phone. So you, your, your menus, uh, everything is in the phone. So you, you load the game and, and it just looks like the background of, of a cell phone or your, your mobile phone. So 
you click on messages and it will show you all of these people who have been sending this person messages. And, and the, the person uh, whose phone you found, his name is Sam. Right. Uh, and it's at or around his 18th birthday when this phone was lost. And, uh, so you check all of the messages and you kind of get an idea. You we start to weave your own narrative of who he is or was. Um, I haven't gotten that far into the game, but I probably have played it two or three hours. Because the game consists of you reading messages. Um, you can you can't you can't um, you can't really do much else in terms of like uh, uh, you're not really able to do a whole lot of intervention, I guess, so to speak, because the phone doesn't have any minutes left, so you can't call anybody. But right. through weaving your narrative and looking through the messages and looking through emails, you can find and figure out passwords so that you can access different Wi-Fi points. And in doing so, you can send emails or, you know, if there's any that were like in the, uh, in the you know, you, you, you had drafted a few emails or drafted a few messages and you weren't connected to Wi-Fi, well, you connect to Wi-Fi, then you send those messages and then you get messages back. Aww. So yeah, it's crazy and it is pretty cool. You know, it's, it, it's it been free? Pretty, no, it's, it is uh two ninety nine here in us dollars. So I'm not sure what that would end up being there, but five bucks. UK. Uh, What's the call again? A normal lost phone. A normal lost phone. Phone. Yeah. Hmm. It's kind of like who's on first. I could say it and you're like, well, yeah, what, you know, normal lost phone. <laughs> So that's the name of the game. Yeah. So okay, I see it. Yeah. Let's see. <clears throat> oh, it's two pound twenty nine pence here. Oh, that's not bad. No, it's not bad. Oh my god, that's cool. All right, nice. I'll add that to my bookmarks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Apparently, pretty- people have been crying. Yeah. So I don't. I know it's supposed to. It's it's kind of like I want to play Gone Home too. I kind of know the premise of what it's about, but I still want to play it. Um. I still have to finish Life is Strange. I may do that today. Um, but uh, anyway, so that that's a game that I've been playing lately. And, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'd be excited to, interested to see uh, what you think when you, when you get to play it. So That's pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. So anyway, today's topic, we would like to discuss, or I would like to discuss the Project Scorpio. Yes. Uh, Microsoft's new, maybe console killer or new console or their answer to the playstation 4 plus pro yeah. pro whatever the waste of money unless <laughs> you have 4k tv and then totally i mean i could see how you might want to do it if you just had that cash but anyway yeah so amanda what are you what have you heard what do you think the scorpio is going to be is it going to be the, the the uh console killer what is it Right, so I've heard that it is first a console, so it's not intended to replace the Xbox One Slim or anything like that. It is a premium console. It is 4K, so unless you have a 4K TV, it's already not worth it for you. Um, <laughs> price point has been speculated at about 400 US dollars, so not that crazy for a new console price. It's supposed to have loads of memory, loads of RAM. Um, it's supposed to be 40% better um, performance specs than the PlayStation Pro, PlayStation yeah. 4 Pro. Um, and basically what they're saying is they want to make a premium console for people that want a premium console experience but aren't PlayStation players. And I can get yeah. that. Um, because unless you, unless you like PlayStation and I know people say that you can go back and forth, but I honestly don't believe it. Um, if you're used to the way Xbox controllers feel, the way they handle, the way the menus are, it's pretty much like switching between a Samsung and an Apple phone. You know, they are very, very different. And if, if you like one, then you like one. Um, so I think that Project Scorpio, I think it'll be, uh, smaller or the same size as the Xbox One Slim. Um, it's running on Windows 10. That makes me think it's going to have quite a bit of integration with PC and Windows phones, um, which might make the Windows phones at least a more attractive option because I have a Windows phone and they absolutely suck. Um, (laughs) which is a shame because I, you know, I 
I do like Windows. I like Microsoft. I like all that. But the Windows phones, pretty much any app that exists is not available on that. Um, right. So that sucks. And, and that does suck. they they sh- they should have never um, went away from the Android platform. You know, they they could have, I'm sure, done Windows integration in in an Android sort of. Um, in an Android skin and made those features available. That's my opinion, but uh, Windows phones absolutely suck, but maybe um, with some of the higher-end Windows phones uh, integrated with uh, this, the Project Scorpio console, then being able to stream games via Windows 10 to other devices or vice versa, or use your laptop as like your chat and party central and focusing 100% on your game, you may be able to do some sort of like cool split screens. It's all speculation, obviously. But I've got to go back to the 4K. That is what makes this worth it. If you don't have that, I can't see how you're going to get the full value. What are your What are your thoughts on that? I, you know, you're you're right. I think that you probably couldn't get the full value uh, if you don't have a 4K TV. But I don't know when I will have one. Uh, maybe <laughs> you know. So maybe Christmas. I don't know. About the time that Xbox uh, Scorpio comes out, but. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's that's. I mean, again, and I haven't ever, I haven't played it at 4K, any games at 4K. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that's never been an issue for me. It's not, never been like a deal breaker. I need to do this, or this is something I'm looking forward to. I'm sure it's awesome and great, and high definition uh, definitely changed the game. But that change again, for the sake of changing, isn't you know isn't that great? Just like I was saying on the last episode about playing Rayman Legends. Um, that game is last gen. Uh, it is cell shaded and cartoony and fun, and uh, a just a, a great game. A so it's a tremendously fun game, and uh, that game could probably have run on the Xbox. Um, yeah. But but you know it's just to say that you don't have to have a Journey. Um, a number of these games that are you know even the third party or or or. Uh, uh, you know these these smaller indie games that don't require a lot of hard drive space. They don't require a lot of processing power, but they they have great stories. They have good narratives. They have they have um, interesting. They they do things in an interesting and new way that and and they kind of push the envelope in terms of like what you expect from gaming. And yeah. uh, and so you know if I appreciate the 4K, the six teraflops of power, the you know, the memory bandwidth and all that stuff and how powerful this console will be. Because, you know, again, as we spoke about on the previous episode about uh, just downloading issues, uh, that how fast maybe this one would be able to download, how, you know, the storage uh, processing power, I think all that's good. Um, yeah. It's a good place to start. I'm interested to see, is this their the, the next step uh, for Microsoft? Um I am I'm a masochist maybe in this way in that I will probably purchase this even though I don't I may not have very many games to play on it uh, just mm. because I, I, well it's going to be I, fully I, backwards compatible they say with all Xbox that, One games and maybe even 360. I mean that's huge that's a huge thing uh, a huge selling point to me uh, it's where the Switch is is just just blowing it completely. Um, and, mm. and uh, the way that they're not making things necessarily backwards compatible or your digital purchases being transferable, you know, um, it is the way to me that it is the way of the future. Uh, and and if for Microsoft to do this, if that's a, is in fact what they decide to do, I think that's a that's a tremendous step. That's a good step that I would be not just for, but it, to me, it'd be a selling point. You know, I'm not buying the the, the upgraded PS4. Um, there's just no reason to do it. It, it plays the same games, um, yeah. that mine does, you know? And so there's no, for me, there's no upside to it, but this, there may be an upside to it. Um, I'm anxious well, to there, see more about it. So there's a definite downside. Um, my flatmate has a 4k television and he yeah. regularly downloads 4k movies to watch on it. The quality is stunning. You know, it really does look nice. However, a very short 4K movie can be several gigabytes large. Yeah. Like several. Um, to do a full game, knowing where we're at with 50 gigabytes being a very normal size 
for a AAA game, taking that to 4K is going to yeah. exponentially increase the download times, the install times, everything that last week we were talking about in the last episode. It's going to be worse. Yeah. Um, and and I don't know how you would even really put that on a disc format right. um, without having several discs. So going back to the era of multiple disc installs, multiple disc plays, um, which I don't think any of us want to go through. That was really... No. And nothing ruins immersion like please insert disc two, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, and and with everything being open world and things like that, like I think that the memory specs, which seem impressive now, when you realize the size the games are going to have to be, isn't actually going to be that large. Right. It's probably um, relative. It's relative probably to what they have now. You know, it may be increased, but the games are going to require more. And so it ends up being relative. And since it's not meant to replace the Xbox One, that is another factor that makes me think I should wait for the next console release. Well, so and that was there... my question. I, I had heard that it, have they decided it officially is not going to replace the Xbox One? So this they is... Ha... I have okay. a quote here. I'm going I'm to look it up. You go ahead and talk about what you were thinking about why <laughs> okay. that would be a problem. Well, I'll, find, I'll find the Phil Spencer quote here. Absolutely. No, that, and that would be good. And that would be the deciding factor for me. Absolutely. You know, that would mean I would invest in the Switch and just sit here and dog cuss Nintendo. But, <laughs> um, but no, I feel like they've been moving towards this almost exclusively digital uh, platform since, I guess, maybe the beginning of Xbox One. This streamlined integration of all Microsoft properties you know uh digital and otherwise you know the xbox your computers uh, windows all of that is kind of being streamlined and uh you know now you know i bought microsoft or i bought uh, minecraft on right on my xbox one well it works in syncs it's it, i can use it at the same time synchronously either well maybe not synchronously but i can use it with my computer or my xbox one either one if I just want to log in and, and access it on the cloud, I can do that on my computer. So I think that's that is a that's that's very useful. I think that's that's actually pretty a pretty cool feature, um, and I think that's the direction they're going. So I think you are absolutely right uh, in in that they're they're probably going that direction, um, just because as you said, four discs is ridiculous. You're, we're not we've we've gone away from that. PlayStation Two was probably the last time we saw that at any. Um, you know, and, and, and with any kind of strong uh, presence. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's going away. And if that is, in fact, the case, that this is just kind of like X, Xbox 1.5. That's uh, pretty much what it is. I, I found the quote. So it's by AMD, the chipset maker. Okay. Um, and they said, we're proud that Microsoft has chosen to expand their Xbox One family of devices with two new consoles featuring AMD's high-performance semi-custom SOCs that support revolutionary new technologies like HDR, 4K, and high-fidelity VR to enable the next generation of immersive gaming experiences. But it's still going to be part of the Xbox One line from that statement. And Phil Spencer said that the Scorpio, or sorry, Aaron Greenberg, who's the Xbox marketing head, said that the Scorpio is going to be a premium and high-end console. But then Phil Spencer said that the Scorpio will be at a console price point. So I think it is just my uh, Xbox One version 1.5. Like, it's, it's just a simple, it's essentially what the Slim was, just a more powerful version, in my opinion, from what I've been reading. Okay. Which makes well, me think, give it a miss. You know, the, the next yeah. brand of consoles is going to be so much better. And considering they've already confirmed that it's going to be backwards compatible, and had no problem about confirming that, makes me think it literally is just Xbox One, just on some protein pills. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the steroid version of it. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, there's no, you know... The, that is, to me, that is disappointing. That's that would be disappointing for them to be this late to the game, to the 4K, and and that's really they're just doing what PlayStation did. Um, and if but if that's the case, if that's the case, then Nintendo actually may have a leg up 
on the the if if in fact they are kind of still even in the console war by no, coming out with their new console. I, I think they're kind of their own thing now. You know, they they're not trying to compete on power or specs. Yeah. So it's they have no competitors in their market if their market is cool fun family entertainment who competes with that nobody they've kind of got their own little niche what i think sets the project scorpio away from the ps4 pro regardless of the power is the fact that um if virtuality a virtual reality is enabled they are not planning to release a virtual reality headset specifically for that it's going to be compatible with all existing virtual reality headsets which means that if you've already went and bought you know uh something else like an oculus rift or or whatever um it's supposed to work with that because it works with windows 10 so anything that's going to work with a pc from a vr perspective is supposed to work with that from what i've read interesting okay which could keep you from having to purchase another expensive gimmicky piece of hardware if you've got one already yeah job done yeah (laughs) so that helps you yeah, well, you, you, you know. You do have one, don't you? We've got a couple um, of the Android VR headsets around in the house. Okay. okay. I wouldn't say we use them for gaming particularly. <laughs> More like watching movies and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I've heard there's some um, some pretty cool experiences. Maybe is it Call of Duty that has an, has an experience out right now? Or I think there's a game or a movie, an actual movie out where there's a VR experience attached to it i'll have to do some research really oh yeah yeah i hadn't heard that um yeah i'll uh you know i think vr is cool i just think it's overpriced for what it is yeah yeah because the graphics uh, aren't that good but if this has the processing power to drive better graphics then it's just the display display has no no real problems you know Aside from 4K, if this is just more powerful, surely you could get normal Call of Duty level of graphics on a VR headset. That that makes sense to me. And yeah. those graphics are pretty good. If it was immersive, that'd be even better. But every... I, I think where I struggle with is kind of weird, janky controls. So hopefully, yeah. if they are planning to support it, they'll have some sort of detachable control system or have it work with the Kinect or something like that to make it a better than just using a regular controller? No, I, I, they have to figure out a way to do that. And that, and they also have to figure out a way to, to make it not gimmicky. And I think that the, from what I've heard about um, Resident Evil, I think that they, they, they nailed a lot of what makes a game like that immersive and terrifying and, uh, uh, you know, and, but actually playable. You know, so it's not just it's not just jump scares and you're on rails and you're forced to experience these things the way they want you to. You can actually experience it the way you want to consume that, you know, that uh, entertainment, that that game the way that you want to. And uh, and I think that that's you can't change the way that people there's a reason why the controller works. And I don't think that the controller is going away. They may modify Nintendo has actually done really well in that area of modifying the controller um gamecube had a fantastic controller uh and it and it didn't look i mean it looked crazy but it it was a great controller and and maybe the nintendo switch will do the same thing but uh yeah that's the challenge i see for vr is controlling one of the challenges i see for vr is making it making the controlling making it something where you're not knocking the lamps off of everything and you're not you're able to actually play it, but visually uh, can experience it in a way that you can't, that it's just not possible on a TV, so. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Well, that topic is brought to you by our sponsor, audible.com. Audible is offering a free audiobook download for you, the listeners of the Retro Rebel Gamecast, with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Amanda, what is our recommendation today? Our recommendation today is from the YouTuber Matthew Santoro. He does all these kind of cool like 
you know, blow your mind facts you didn't know on YouTube. He's actually released a book called Mind Blown, Amazing Facts About This Weird, Hilarious, Insane World. Um, it's four hours and 22 minutes. It's narrated by the YouTuber himself, and you can get it as a free trial. You can listen to a book and learn something at the same time. You can head over to audibletrial.com slash Toddcast to get that free title now, or you can choose from over 180,000 other titles today. Support us by heading to audibletrial.com slash Toddcast and get your free 30-day trial today. Topic two. Topic two. Best Ready. game. Yeah, we're going to change gears a little bit. Best game. Uh, best game based on a movie. Ooh. Best game based on a movie. And there are a bunch. Now I say a bunch of games based on movies, not a bunch of good ones. Yeah. So what I think we should do is we I mean we could probably list games forever um and probably uh argue about them even longer. But I think, you know, just selecting three or four a piece, uh yeah. you know, at most. Um, you know, not okay. an official list and not in any particular order. Okay. So well, let's just go back and forth. You you won and then me, and that's just because I'm hosting and I get to throw it to you. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> um, well, I think my first choice off the bat is going to be a no-brainer. I'm, I'm going to be a bit liberal with the term games based on movies. I think that is completely fine. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to jump right in there and say Knights of the Old Republic. It's based on movie lore. It's based on the Star Wars universe, which is a movie universe. Um, and I don't think that anybody would argue that it isn't one of the best games ever in the in the RPG realm of things, if not one of the best games of all time. So I'm going to start there. Like, everything about it was awesome. I got nice. to have a purple lightsaber. Yes, you Squad did. Squad goals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, not, I can't say enough good things. Like, I, I, I think I said on one of the first episodes of Retro Rebel Gamecast, I said that this was a console purchasing worthy game like I, I i bought the xbox solely because of of knights of the old republic uh it changed gaming to, in my opinion um it uh it, it is kind of like one of those uh touchstone would be a little strong but it's definitely a benchmark i'm if you go throughout time and and in, in terms of gaming um that that's just one that stands head and shoulders above other games and it was Star Wars. So I think even if you weren't a Star Wars fan, you probably enjoyed it. If you were a Star Wars fan, it it opened up the expanded universe in a way that nothing else, nothing had before or since. Um, you got to play in a world where you didn't have to worry about the Skywalkers. You didn't have to worry about any of what the lore that was currently established. You got to create something that was completely new, but based on the rules that you were, were aware of, you know. Um, so I agree completely. Nights of, and, and I definitely, I acknowledge that this was a stretch in terms of based on movies, but I totally, I give it to you. This is, yay. Yeah, <laughs> this is definitely, <laughs> this is definitely a good it's one. It's so good. <laughs> it is. It is purple lightsaber. Absolutely. Tried to get every color lightsaber. Uh, I would just change <laughs> the lightsaber based on, I want an orange one. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. My first one is going to be. Goldeneye. Um, really? Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, see that's liberal as well. That's liberal as well. It is the good. The good thing about this one, and why I think it's as strong of a selection, though, is because it was it was actually based on the movie. You had to go through everything almost in order that that Pierce Brosnan had to go through. So, uh, you know, I mean, you're getting to relive the actual movie, uh, and then after that. You had probably one of the best multiplayer game or multiplayer experiences in gaming. Uh, right. So, you know, you you got you got kind of the best of everything. Um, and at the time, and you know, I mean, if you go back and play it now, it doesn't really hold up very well. Unlike Knights of the Old Republic, which actually does. Goldeneye yeah. doesn't really hold up very well. It's pretty pretty brutal, actually. Um, it but, was still pretty cool, though. I thought it was cool. Oh, at the time, it was the best. And it was something that, like, I mean, it, it was something I could still get my dad to play with me at the time. So, 
Um, and he always played with Odd Job, and that is because Odd Job was hard to shoot because he's shorter than everybody else, and so he could run by and shoot you in the face, and you'd shoot right over his head, and you're like, God damn it. So, <laughs> um, so until we figured out that you just had to aim a little lower, and then it was a headshot every time he played, and then when we figured that out, he stopped playing with us. So, but Goldeneye, <laughs> Goldeneye is my second, second choice. I mean, my first choice. I'm sorry. What is your second your first choice? choice? Yeah. Um. So, it's probably nobody's favorite game, but I enjoyed it. Um. It was. I like caveat already. You. I like how you started this out with this game's kind of shit, but. Look, it had its redeeming qualities, and I don't think that anybody can say that slinging a web and attaching it to buildings is not fun. Um, so I've, I've got to go with Spider-Man on the 360. I thought it was fun. The only part about it that I remember was slinging webs. Um, and to be fair, do you need to remember more about it than that? You got to sling the webs. You know, that <laughs> that's yeah. all we wanted to do at the that time. Is. And it. It, it's not that old of a game. I think it probably came out in like 2012, 2013, maybe. Um, and, and the graphics were decent, I thought, you know, but all I remember about it really was web slinging. And that's what you need to know, you know. That's did you true. play that one? I did play it because um, that was kind of open world, wasn't it? If I remember it correctly, wasn't it open world? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't huge, but you, you right. kind of could go where you wanted to. Yeah, and you'd have to, you know, there was, you know, repeat, rinse, repeat in terms of uh, you could stop a mugging and then there'd be a mugging over there and you could stop that mugging. I think so. Literally all that has stuck with me is that you could sometimes just sling your web into midair and it would attach to something, but you know, right, it's fine. Right, because it absolutely <laughs> wouldn't. And that was breaking the laws of physics and reality, but who cares? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I see, and that was the reason why Batman Arkham City was so badass to me, was because you could just get go to the highest point in the whole city. You can pretty much see every little borough, and then I could I could glide there. And Is that your number two pick? Batman? No, it's not. I, I don't want, I'm, I'm totally cheating by listing that one and then going in a different direction. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that that was the reason why I liked it. So I, I definitely feel you on that uh, in terms of the Spider-Man and, and how that was fun. I'm actually going to pick a computer game that is totally lame and probably not going to get a lot of support from any listener or my co-host. But Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis uh, is going to be my... I've never played it, so I can't judge it. I can't judge it. I know, but it is, it is a 90s LucasArts game. Uh, it is the first I played uh, uh, in the series. There were a few of them, actually, but it got me kind of hooked on this action-adventure type game where um, you're Indiana Jones. There, it's, 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 in the, it's in the spirit of uh, Monkey Island. So okay. written, some of the same writers, I believe, were on this. Um, lots of humor. Um, I mean, I hate Monkey Island, and it could go die in a fire. I thought I loved it, but no, it sucks. <laughs> Well, that I knew that wouldn't help my case, but it's too if, smart for me. I'm too dumb. And that's the it. thing. It's like I well, and it's that that particular game is is even more complicated than it rightfully should be because you have you know puzzles that don't make sense, and and it's supposed to be absurd. And so, you know, I can totally get I can get behind and understand why somebody might not like that one as much. It's, it may not be as fun because yeah, it's frustrating, and some of the puzzles are almost impossible. So you have to go online and actually, like we used to, go to GameFAQs and look it up and, and read, oh, that's what you're supposed to do, and then go back and do it. I so. literally played Monkey Island just using the walkthrough. I could not figure out a single puzzle on my own. And at that <laughs> point, I was like, forget it. Someone else is playing this game for me. I'm not even enjoying it at this point. No, yeah, exactly. Well, I can understand that. Yeah, and that wouldn't be fun. Yeah, you, somebody else just played it for you, and you're like, well, that, how was that experience? I don't even know how that experience was. I spent the whole time reading. I, I ended yeah. up reading a book about Monkey Island, a.k.a. how to beat it, and not actually playing the game. Yeah, that sounds, uh, that does not not sound as, as good. 
as originally thought. Um, well, this this game you did need ideal. a no, not ideal at all, not I'm ideal at all. This, I would mind. This game, well, you probably needed a game fact too. Um, I uh, I remember it vividly in, in or at least what I remember vividly was how funny I thought it was and how much fun it was to be Indiana Jones in a completely new story. Um, so it, much like Knights of the Old Republic, you're taking what's an established universe and you kind of just put him in another situation and, um, and something else that's in history where he's having to sort through. So it was cool that that part was cool that it was, it was awesome to be in the, in the world, but it was a PC game and it was a point and click adventure. So not for everybody, you know, but um, it can't be as bad as the Crystal Skull movie was. Oh my God! That's not even a comparison. Not even a comparison. That that isn't even in the canon, as far as I'm concerned. So <laughs> he's pretending uh, that it didn't exist. <laughs> I, it didn't exist. It doesn't exist. So uh, this is where it ended for me. Fate of Atlantis is where uh, Indiana Jones ended for me, and uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It was a lot of fun, and it probably takes up less space than a floppy disk. So. If if there was a ROM and you were bored, <laughs> I could give it a shot. I could probably play it at work. I mean, not play it at probably, work. Who does probably that? Probably play it on your phone. So at this point, <laughs> um, uh, but uh, so that's my second one. How about your third one? And then we'll give a good honorable mention or two. Okay, uh, third one also controversial, but I think I honestly believe everybody who played this game at the time loved it. And then after the fact was like, actually, it was a bit crap. It was the <laughs> console Matrix the game. I, you know what? I, I had a feeling you were going to bring this one up. Mm. Okay. I really loved it. That I thought the bullet time, like slow-mo sequences were cool. Everyone was obsessed with Matrix around the time that it came out. It was so of its time period. Um, yeah. You know, nothing particularly good about the graphics. In fact, if anything, they were worse than most other games at the time. But the way I remember the way the fight looked executing like the flips and things like that. I, all I remember about the game is just thinking like, yeah, I'm in the Matrix. I'm kicking ass, you know. And then yeah. afterwards, everyone like, oh, it was a terrible game with bad graphics and bad acting and. But at the time when I was playing it, I, I thought it was fun. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes movie games get a bad rap because people, they put too much into it. Like, it's just supposed to be like a supplement, another bit of something to enjoy if you enjoy the movie, like another little taste. I, I really don't think that they're supposed to be great works of art on their own because they're not even based on their own source material a lot of times. So I don't yeah. think it's a negative thing for a game to just be fun and be good at one thing. And in, in this case, the slow, the slow uh, bullet time-esque elements of the game were super fun. And I, and I stand behind that and say, I didn't mind that game at all. I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> you know, okay, I'll take that. I think I, I wanted to play it. I didn't end up playing it. But, um, you know, you, I'm sold on your opinion on it. So, and I think... I mean, it would... It wouldn't hold up now because the nostalgia wave is like over. You know what I mean? Like in the time, in the year that all those things were coming out, when everybody was crazy for the Matrix, it worked. It doesn't so much work anymore. And I don't think it would work so much in retrospect because I have seen cooler things than bullet time now. So, right. you know, now everything's all Inception-y and stuff, you know. But yeah. 10 years from now, any game with Inception-esque elements or any movie with Inception-esque elements is going to be like, oh, look, they didn't do it as good. They're just, you know, like, yeah. that's my perspective, at least. No, and you're probably right. And I, I know that that particular game was buggy. But regardless, uh, if it's fun, and that's the point, you know, your fun may not be the same as someone else's. But if you had fun, this is our list, so. Yeah, get out of know. our list. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if you don't agree with it, then leave it in the comments. If Daniel um, was here, he'd just be groaning for the past, like, 30 minutes. No, just, <laughs> <laughs> well, too bad there's not a lot of Nintendo games that are based on movies. So Yeah, or um, maybe good for Nintendo that they have more original content. That's true. That's true, and, and I, I don't know why it's so hard to get this stuff right, but uh, apparently, apparently it is. It is hard. Um. 
Okay, for, for my third choice, I'm actually going to do or select Lord of the Rings, uh, The Two Towers. Oh, um, okay. The, uh, in terms of in terms of gameplay, it was, and I actually liked all of the Lord of the Rings games in this in this series because basically they just retold the games or retold the, the books and the movies from, actually some of sometimes even different perspectives, uh, than than what was in the uh, than what was seen in the movie. So you got to see a little bit different uh, uh, some things that are a little bit different. So it expanded on the movies a little bit, uh, but. Gameplay, it was just fun. It was fun to be Legolas, uh, Gimli, or Aragorn, Aragorn, uh, Aragorn, 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 completely different book. Um, But yeah, it it was just, it was, it was cool to be them and and play as them. Uh, They had each had different specific move sets. Um, And it was, it was, the combat was fun. The game was fun. It told a story that I was familiar with and I enjoyed. And so from a gaming perspective, it was it was exactly what it needed to be. I think it was on PS2, if I'm not mistaken. So it's it's been a while. I think Lord of the Rings does port very well uh, their material to other platforms. They're similar to um, Star Wars in that they actually want their releases to kind of be art regardless of the platform. So I think they put a lot of effort into storytelling or game mechanics and stuff. And so I stand behind your pick 100%. Fantastic. Well, good. Well, we will uh, we will move on to our honorable mentions. And as I was saying, there were a number of other games that I could have put there in Lord of the Rings place, possibly. Uh, but I hadn't played them. So some that I didn't play that I may have wanted to and a couple that I did. Uh, I have a list of one or two, maybe three honorable mentions. Do you have any honorable mentions that you would like to uh, mention? I've got one honorable mention. Um, okay. So, <laughs> I guess I should put some context around. In the uh, early 2000s, I was very obsessed with The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> so, I need to put The Matrix MMORPG on the honorable mention list. Not for being a good uh, video game, but for being a good MMORPG the community in that game was obsessed with being in the matrix in reality. They were kind of always in character. There was a really cool sort of social community. And even though pretty much everything about the game itself, the combat, everything like that sucked, the costumes were awesome. The community was badass, and the emotes were so cool. So I would literally log into the game and hang out in the underground club in my trench coat, which I definitely had in real life as well, because everyone did. Um, And just talk to people, you know, dance, give them pieces of cake, because that's what you do. Um, and, And it was a nice community. And I didn't play it for very long. But then again, the whole hysteria over the Matrix kind of waned um, fairly quickly after the the game was launched. It was launched, I think, in 2005. And I probably played it for a few months there around the launch date. But I I saw where its market was, and unfortunately it thought it needed to have a combat element, and I don't think it actually did. It could have been what Penguin Club kind of is, in that it's just like a social space. Yeah, okay. Well, I can see that, and I think that is a uh, worthy honorable mention, especially with uh, your passion behind it. Um, <laughs> I know, controversial picks all around. <laughs> yeah, that's good, though. I mean, we don't want to do what everybody else is doing. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, I was looking through my games, and I was, I was trying to think of, you know, if there's any of these that kind of fit. Um, and then I thought back to a game, and I believe it was on PlayStation 2 as well. It may have been Xbox Xbox One, maybe Xbox 360. I think it was Xbox One. Um, and I actually had played this game. So of all the games that have, you know, like uh, Alien Isolation, I've heard is a fantastic game. Not my type of game, because I don't like games where I don't actually get to fight, and all I have to do is run, and it's super scary, and it makes me anxious. Don't want to play it. Yeah. Um, but I, I would love to watch it. I'd love to watch somebody play it. I personally don't want to. I just want to yell at them. Alien what isolation. Are you doing? Yeah. 
I yeah. tried, man. I couldn't do it. it and you know what? It wasn't it wasn't the uh, alien because I really didn't make it far enough for the alien to be a factor. <laughs> yeah. But trying to kill people when you don't have a gun. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Stressful. It's stressful. And so and I get it. And, and I think for what it was great game based on a movie franchise. Uh, so probably deserves an honorable mention. Uh, Chronicles of Riddick. Uh, another game. I that love that I, movie. Yeah, well, and and uh, the the idea of um, the the prequel game uh, that apparently was uh, Escape from Butcher Bay was uh, supposed it was critically received very well. Uh, it was also uh, you know um, reviewed very well and 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 has a huge fan base or at least it did at one time and. Uh, was pretty generally positively received all the way around. I never played it, um, but really, it is based on. Yeah, I never did. Um, it was kind of in my wheelhouse in terms of things I would have been interested in, but I did not. So, um, but I feel like it deserves a mention anyway because I'm sure someone listening to this would be like, "Where is it?" And there it is. Uh, but my choice, <laughs> my honorable mention, the one I'm going to 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 stand behind because I did play it, was the thing. Really? Um, yeah. That movie terrifies me to this day. It is day. absolutely terrifying. Um, and the game did a good job of being terrifying as well. Oh, uh, no. You know, and the good thing about this game, or the one of the best parts about it, in my opinion, was the fact that it actually added to, it was adding to the story. So uh, it was more or less an original story based in the same universe. Uh, same universe uh and if i remember i can't remember if it was either a prequel or if it was right after you know what happened with kurt russell and everything in in the movie i can't remember if it was a prequel or or if it happened afterwards but regardless same basic premise same crazy ridiculous terrifying alien um that you no, just when the alien gets to the dogs fire. forget it i can't handle it in that movie nope 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 yeah <laughs> nope nope uh, nope it is it is uh it, it was a good experience again it was a good experience i i knew kind of what i had going into it i was not a fan of the movie again i thought the movie was good for what it was i don't like horror movies this is not yeah. a, this is something from our very first episode that i've tried to convey not a <laughs> so but uh but this was before i'd truly learned my lesson and <laughs> and continued to you know would continue to put myself in that position with silent hill and the thing and uh but i thought that this was a, a good job of taking a movie property doing something a little bit different with it but again staying in that universe with the established rules and everything so well hell but yeah yeah it was uh, it was a, a good experience. Terrifying. I'm scarred for life. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, I will never play it. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So try it. Yeah. Scarred for life. No, no way. You're all right. <laughs> Any final thoughts on uh, the Scorpio on games that uh, that based on movies or vice versa or the state of gaming saving the world? I <laughs> you know, any any final thoughts on any anything? final thoughts at uh, all? <laughs> I would just say with Project Scorpio, I think they need to do something to make consoles relevant when PCs are inarguably better spec'd, um, and you can use a controller on a PC. So I think this might be a play to try to keep them relevant, and in that vein, I think they should try. I think the next true generation of console needs to be something completely different that you couldn't get if you just hooked your PC up to your television and used a PC wireless controller. And I think that's where they need to go. Yeah. And then, then now you're, now you're directly competing with computers and that may change. That could change everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that would, that would be an interesting if, and it seems to be that's the direction it's going, but I guess we'll see. And all of you out there, all you producers, game producers that are making games based on movies, uh, just take a page from what we said and, and just start doing it right. Not that hard. <laughs> hey, 
And yeah, that wraps I mean, look, episode. Oh, what were you going to say? Let's not finish if you got another final thought. No, I was just going to say, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a work of art. Just if you understand what people love about the source material, stay true to that. It's fun to do bullet time. It's fun to sling webs. And I think also the gaming community needs to just accept that if that's what you're there for, it's okay. It's okay yeah. if it's not a Mona Lisa, you know? Yeah. Being fun is, is kind of the point, you know, being, I think that's, is your game fun? That's one of my favorite lines from big. Uh, it's probably the most profound, the movie, big Tom Hanks, all that. Yeah. It's, it's the most, it's, it's extremely simple and profound is that he's sitting there and he's a, he's a man, a, a child in a man's body. And he's working for a, a toy company, which is perfect. I mean, that couldn't be better. And he's got all these toys in front of him that these adults are trying to make fun. And he says, it's just not fun. You know, this, this is not fun. You know, and that's yeah. the point. It, this should be fun. It's not about how good it looks necessarily. I mean, that's great, but that's icing. You know, the cake, if the cake is shit, then the cake is shit. If you're icing, <laughs> you know. The cake is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> so is important having a big world is important but if you know you're there's nothing in that world or there's there's no uh i don't know if, if there's no substance then what's the point you know so exactly, exactly. and that wraps up this episode of retro rebel podcast i want to thank amanda for joining me again on this week's all the notes from this episode will be posted to our site at templeofgeek.com. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me at info at Please head over to iTunes and Stitcher and rate our show because that helps us a lot. Until next time. See you later. See you later.